there, everybody. I'm Angela Bowen, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House slash Fuller House podcast. First of all, I'd like to say welcome, everybody, for jumping on board for this fun journey we're going to all go on together. So, on this podcast, I'm going to cover character slash theme related episodes of Full House and Fuller House. We are not going in any real particular order here. For example, there are some storylines that get repeated on Full House, like DJ's first horse when she brings Rocket home in season two, and of course, Michelle's donkey Shorty that she paid for with her candy or her lemonade money, and it was a traveling petting zoo, and she brought him home. How interesting that this storyline was repeated six seasons later in the very last season. There are even some storylines that transcend time from one full house generation to the next, such as Stephanie losing Mr. Bear in season two's Goodbye Mr. Bear and Max's despair over his stuffed uh, stuffed unicorn uni being destroyed by Tommy. In that episode, we get a reprise from Mr. Bear, from Max's Aunt Stephanie. I also plan to do themed episodes, like vacation center episode centered episodes coming up in the summer months, like June, July, and August. Like, for instance, Tanner Island, the season three premiere, or from season six, The House Meets the Mouse, parts one and two. And from season three, the episode where the Tanners, Fullers, and Gibblers all fly to Japan for Steve and CJ's wedding. Another example of a theme of episodes would be first kisses or meet cutes or breakups, first days of school, and also holiday episodes ranging from Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas, and New Year's. There are plenty episodes from both shows to choose from. So at the start of this podcast, I'd like to thank the other Full House and Fuller House podcasts that came before me, such as... The How Rude Full House podcast, hosted by John Pernasek and Brandon Shockney. The Everywhere You Look pod- Full House podcast, hosted by Tom and Alex Green. And the, I believe, the Everywhere You Look podcast is available on Podbean, and some episodes are even available on YouTube. All seasons of Full House that the How Rude podcast covered are available currently on iTunes. However, I would like to advise that those two podcasts are strictly for mature audiences. I would not recommend listening to them with your children around. And I would like to cite those two podcasts as the podcast that introduced me to podcasts. I really didn't even know what podcasts were, and I was stumbling on iTunes like, podcasts, where are those? Well, let me type in, Full House was the first thing that came to my mind, and right away I saw, I'm like, what is this? And it's those podcasts that I listened to that made me think, I could do this. I could do a podcast by myself. And that's what how... Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, was born out of that idea. Now, the Fuller House podcast, which I believe you can find all the 
the episodes for that podcast, which are mainly uh, the review of season one of Fuller House, and there are many, many cast interviews. This podcast is also for all ages. You can listen to it with your kids around. It is hosted by a married couple, Erica and Kyle, who were able to go to some tapings of Fuller House and even, as I said, set up interviews on the podcast with some cast members like Jody Sweeten, who plays Stephanie Tanner, Michael Campion, who plays Jackson Fuller, Elias Harger, who plays Max Fuller, Ashley Lyo, who plays Lola, Sonny Nicole Bringus, who plays Ramona Gibbler, Adam Hagenboo, who plays Jimmy Gibbler, John Brotherton, who plays Matt Harmon, Juan Pablo de Pace, who plays Fernando, I am sorry if I mispronounced, I gotta learn his last name. They are, these are such amazing interviews, guys. I learned so much. So stay tuned. At the end of the podcast, I'll play a couple short little clips of Candace Cameron and Jody Sweeten talking about their audition process for Full House. Now, before I officially jump into covering Season 1, Episode 1, our very first show of Full House, I'd like to let you know where you can go and follow along with the podcast, learn about upcoming episodes, also how to get a shout-out on the podcast. All you got to do is just answer some fun trivia questions to test your Full House or Fuller House knowledge. We have Facebook at Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. We have Instagram at OMHC. All right, let me start that one over. Instagram, OMHC, Full House, Fuller House pod at Gmail. You can send me an email at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. At Twitter, we have omhc, which stands for Oh My Land of Holy Chalupas, FHFH Podcast. To watch the show, if you guys have Hulu, you can watch full all eight seasons of Full House. If you have Netflix, you can stream all four seasons of Fuller House. All right, so let's hit with hit you guys with some trivia for the first episode, season one, episode one, our very first show, which aired on September twenty second, nineteen eighty seven. I had been uh, uh five years old for almost I was like two days away from being five years old for a full month. So Jeff Franklin said the scene that got Full House on the air was the scene where Uncle Jesse and Joey changed Michelle's diaper. DJ states in this episode that Kimmy Gibbler has three sisters, but later she only has a brother named Garth, who is mentioned in several episodes. It is, it, this person, I don't know who this is. Is it possible her sisters either died or she doesn't speak to them? My guess is, since we only ever saw Kimmy and only heard about her brother, they just kind of wiped that whole thing under the rug. Like, it, no, we're not hiring three girls to play her sisters. Because that would have been, that would have been not needed. In the pilot, Joey does a voice impression of Kermit the Frog to cheer baby Michelle up. Dave Coulier, who plays Joey on the show, was the voice of Baby Animal on Muppet Babies, which also featured Kermit the Frog. I 
loved Muppet Babies growing up. I loved that show. We have some goofs. Character error. Of course, as it was just said in the trivia, when DJ is talking to Kimmy Gibbler on the phone, she says she has three sisters. In future episodes, it is revealed Kimmy has only one sibling, an older brother named Garth. However, in Fuller House, this older brother Garth ceases to exist. In season two of Fuller House, they bring on the younger brother, Jimmy Gibbler, who is around the same age as Stephanie, and there are even hints to Jimmy Gibbler having been in their lives as much as Kimmy Gibbler has. Here's a continuity error. When Jesse and Joey fan Michelle off after taking her diaper off, the amount of her dress hanging over her backside changes between shots. All right, we got a couple reviews here on this episode from IMDb. This one is from December of 2013, entitled Classic Baby Scene. I still remember seeing the commercials that advertised this brand new sitcom coming to ABC. The scene that caught my attention was the diaper changing scene. This is probably one of the most comic relief scenes ever made in modern times. In this first episode, the girls are saying goodbye to Grandma Tanner. She'll later be played by a different person. Yes, she'll be played by Dora Roberts in the, I believe it's season three, Granny Tanny, which is the nickname that Michelle comes up for her grandmother. Oh, this is interesting. In the original unaired pilot, DJ tries to pay Grandma $25 to stay, but it's not in the episode that actually aired. Uncle Jesse soon arrives and then Joey. In this episode, their characters are really established. Danny's manic cleanliness hasn't taken yet, but it soon will. Of course, the best scene is the diaper-changing scene, but the entire episode is just full of humor. One of the best episodes of season one. This one also has a 10 out of 10, entitled Destined to be a Classic, March 2016. This is one of those pilots that it's a true start to a series, not one of those that could be placed anywhere. This is a perfect summary of the series and shows exactly how it all started. This show revolves around sports anchor Danny Tanner, played by Bob Saget, and his three daughters, DJ, played by Candace Cameron, Stephanie, played by Jody Sweden, and Michelle, played by Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Danny's wife recently died in a car accident, and his mother is returning home, so he gets his brother-in-law, Jesse, played by John Stamos, and his best friend, Joey, played by Dave Coulier, to move in and help raise his family. Jesse is an up-and-coming rock star who is ir irresponsible and a playboy. Joey is an immature, up-and-coming comedian who can brighten anybody's day. In this pilot, Danny's mother leaves, Joey and Jesse move in, Danny goes to work, and Joey and Jesse are left with the girls. The most classic scene in this episode is when they try to change baby Michelle's diaper. Their ignorance on how to do it makes for one funny sequence. Later, DJ moves into the garage after she is forced to share her room with her younger sister, Stephanie. It is cheesy how she moves back in, but it is very heartfelt and honest. Her mother dies, her grandma leaves, and her bedroom is being diminished. Who can blame her? Luckily, every problem in the show gets fixed in a half hour. Which, it seems like with most sitcoms, that is the main 
point is that these problems that arise get fixed in half an hour. We don't see the aftermath. We don't see the groundings. We don't see the real punishments. We see none of that. That is pretty much purely left up to our imagination. All right, so if you're new to my podcasts, the ones that I host, uh, Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast, uh, that is a podcast I have completed back in August of 2018. All four seasons are available on iTunes and Podbean and SoundCloud. Also, all six seasons of the show The Wonder Years, entitled Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, is available on SoundCloud, on iTunes, and on Podbean as well. On the Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, I do also cover Season 1 of Mr. Belvedere. Season 1 of Silver Spoons. Select episodes of Growing Paints. And I just started in February. The, she's a Small Wonder, a Small Wonder podcast. However, with Full House coming on board, sadly, Small Wonder is most likely going to be reduced to one episode a month for the time being. And if you hear that crunching sound in the background, well, that's my cat, Quinn. You guys will get to, to know her and to love her. You'll get familiar with her, believe me. <laughs> all right, so how I do things with all my other podcasts, as I was saying, I watch the episode, I break down the scenes, and I do a running commentary throughout, sometimes recalling my own childhood memories depending on the show's episode and what the uh, main focus is of the topic. Specifically for this episode, I had my own diaper-changing mishap when I was babysitting my oldest nephew when I was 13 or 14 years old. Maybe not as epic as Michelle's, but looking back on it now, I find it a little, a little bit humorous. I can relate a little to DJ's plight of having to share a room with her younger sister. When I went to live with my aunt and uncle when I was seven, I had to share a room with my younger cousin, who was not happy to be roommate, having me for a roommate. Also, I have a story about the time I thought about running away from home. So all of these stories, these little tidbits, I will go into detail when the scenes come up. It'll be a quick in and out story. Boom, we're right back to the episode. At the end of the episode, I plan to do segments on best outfit slash worst outfit of the episode, favorite line of the episode, and lesson learned from this episode. Alright, guys, I don't know about you, but I am ready to jump into this pilot episode of Full House. I've watched it a bazillion times between now and 30 years ago, so let's do this. So let's uh, let's look at this fun little theme song. As we all know, we get a shot of the 
Golden Gate Bridge? The Bay Bridge? I just learned that they're two different bridges. I don't, after watching Full House, I just, I don't know why I assume that, because you hear about the Bay Bridge and then the Golden Gate Bridge, and I just assumed, I don't know, that they're the same thing. <laughs> so before I actually hit this episode, I ended up hitting the commentary with Jeff Franklin, and he mentioned real quickly that the shots were not just in San Francisco, but in Los Angeles as well. So we see the car, I believe this is the car that Danny refers to as Bullet, who we'll learn more about in the big 3-0, Danny's 30th birthday. Everyone on the show has a red car at some point. Danny's got Bullet, later on he gets a lookalike car he names Walter. How funny, because... Stephanie has a friend whose name is Walter, who you'll see in season two. Joey has a red car like Danny's called Rosie. And Jesse has a red car at some point later on called Sally when he's teaching DJ to drive. Joey has Rosie, that is the episode that Stephanie backs his car through the kitchen. When I cover that episode, I will go into a little detail of the two times that I backed into the garage. As I was backing the car out, I hit the side of the garage. Two different times, two different vehicles, two different garages, in fact. Stephanie, or not Stephanie, um, DJ at one point for a very short amount of time has a red car given to her by Joey for her, I'm guessing her 16th birthday because she's a legal driver at that point. So the family's cruising down the bridge. We got Joey and Jesse in the back with Michelle in the car seat between them. We have Stephanie and DJ. Stephanie is four. DJ is ten. You can't have kids nowadays. You would get a ticket for that. Kids, don't they have to be at least 12 to 14 years old? Or they also have to be a certain height limit. Back in my day, that was not a requirement. You could have your kid... And when my sister was probably around Stephanie's age... Cars didn't, at the time, come with seatbelts, I didn't think. Or at least according to what my grandmother had told me. We get quick shots of the park. The Danny, Jesse, and Joey are all kind of tumbling around. DJ here is kicking a soccer ball, which must maybe allude to later on. She does play. She has an interest in soccer. And I believe later on she also has an interest in karate before moving on to junior high and she kind of loses and even with the the horse it's basically she's interested for an episode in a horse and then later on that kind of melts away as she becomes well into junior high into high school and then she's interested in journalism when dj kicks that soccer ball we see we cut to baby michelle in her car seat just sitting there on the ground that ball whizzes right past her face 
that made me a little nervous. Like, oh my goodness, if you hit that kid in the face, you, oh my god, he's about the size of that soccer ball. Hey, Quinn. Yeah, Quinn just came upstairs, probably from going to the bathroom or drinking water. We got Bob Saget here tossing a football between uh between his two hands and laughing. He's got one of those uh letter jackets on. I think this in a way establishes that he's a sportscaster. Joey, as we see uh, Dave Coulier's name pop up, he's wearing this shirt that's got um, designs of almost like space aliens or chameleons. It's a really colorful shirt. And he's wearing a watch on his hand with a red wristband. And he's gesturing like either he's telling a joke or someone's giving him feedback or something because at the end he's like I, I don't know if he puts his hand out so this could be an indication like you know that Joey's a comedian I'm not saying that all these shots are an indication as to what they're going to be doing in the show or what their characters are like all right DJ is talking on the lip phone she's stretched out on her bed with her legs out behind her we have Stephanie who has a ballet bar in her room because right out the gate the first of this pilot episode they established that she is a ballerina she likes to dance and that is going to carry throughout the show for other seasons I noticed in the background in the little um window here we have stuffed animals one in particular you might notice it's Odie from Garfield and Friends. And a shot of Jody Sweeten here just kind of balancing her arms stretching on the bar and she's taking a like a, maybe not so much an exasperated side but like whoo. She's got her little ballerina tutu on and like um I guess do you want to I'm sure there's a perfectly good term for the outfit that she's wearing. Like, skin-tight, leotardish type shirt. We get a shot of Fisherman's Wharf of San Francisco. Now, I'm wondering if this is a shot here, because it's Danny taking Stephanie and DJ with these... The girls are carrying these really large, as tall as they are, fishing poles. And I believe that this isn't Bob Saget. This is John Posey, I think, when they filmed this. This scene right here. But it's Bob Saget when the girls are actually fishing off the dock there. Or fishing off the pier, excuse me. We see the family cresting the hill. Almost makes me think of Little House on the Prairie when the three girls, Mary Ingalls, Laura Ingalls, and Carrie Ingalls, are all running down that hill. Oh, Stephanie actually was on Danny's back as he was running down the hill. Okay. This is very much a uh, green screen shot. We got Danny... With the girls, Jesse and Joey are not there. Stephanie and DJ are in the back with Michelle seated in the car seat behind them. We get a shot of the uh, a trolley car. But it's just, this is so, such a green screen effect. It's pretty bad. We got Jesse on his motorcycle. We got Jesse jamming out with, this is a giant amp. This is humongous. I don't remember him having an amp that is, like, as tall as Stephanie is as she is doing her ballet routine and twirling around him as he's looking around, like, hey, I'm trying to make 
we play music here. We have the guys, Danny, Jesse, and Joey in the park. We see a blonde and a brunette walk by. And Jesse, of course, is like, all right, forget you guys. I'm going after these pretty ladies here. And Dave Coulier, what they got him in is this long-sleeved button-up red shirt. Now, I like red. But this shirt is like a tent on Dave Coulier. It is very, very large. Granted, probably for the wardrobe, that's they didn't have a huge budget, so that's probably why they made a hired somebody who actually would create these shirts that the girls would wear, or even for Jesse and Joey, because, of course... With name brands and stuff, you gotta most likely pay those people to be able to use their brand on your show. So that's why they were creating, you know, something simple. Sweatshirts with, like, screened-on prints and stuff like that. We have Danny on a bike with Stephanie in one of those, um, you know, the type, you know, I was in one of these once when I was probably around Stephanie's age. It's the seat that sits on the back of a, a bicycle, not the kind, not the carriage kind that you see nowadays that the kid is basically enclosed and sitting down. No, this is strapped on right behind the seat. And do you know what this makes me think of? Um, do you know Lucy and Linus had a younger brother, you know, the Peanuts characters? They had a younger brother named Rerun, I believe. And there's a movie, I think it was Snoopy Come Home. Or, no, I think it was I Want a Dog for Christmas. It was about Rerun, who wanted a dog. And it showed scenes of his mother, Rerun's mother, and him on the back of a bike. And she's, like, constantly crashing into things with him on the back of this bicycle. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you? Why are you hurting your kid? What's You should not be on a bike. And the closing shot, we see baby Michelle on the floor as Danny goes and picks her up, places her in her high chair. Joey's already seated at the table as Jesse goes to sit down and DJ pulls out a chair and sits next to Joey. Stephanie comes up with a glass of milk, sets it down, and sits next to Jesse. And Danny takes his seat at the head of the table. And, of course, if Pam Tanner were still alive, she'd be sitting at the other end of the table. Maybe they've had dinners like this before, before she passed. All right, we cut to outside the house. Then the camera pulls back, and we see a row of houses. We pull out even farther, and we see the street that they live on, and then the other street. Right now, the font is in white, but I believe later on it would be yellow font. Which I think is much more beautiful and brighter and just gives it a really nice popping feel. Like, really, ex I, the color yellow is just, it's so bright and just wow. All right, well, we come out of the intro and we are inside the Tanner house. We uh, shoot straight to the stairs. We see an older lady walking down the stairs. She is dressed in a very nice blue and white striped shirt with a blue cardigan very nice put together oh and she's wearing a very nice blue skirt it all matches all matches so she heads towards the open door where danny brings stephanie and dj in saying hey mom 
The cab's waiting out front. Your bags are all in it, all ready to go. And of course, his mother's like, well, the baby, I just checked on her. She is sleeping just like a baby. Oh, uh, Danny also points out that the meter's running. So it's probably like, okay, mom, time to go, time to go. So Danny's mother, Claire, opens her arms out wide like, oh, my angels, give me a hug. DJ and Stephanie run into her arms. They do not want to let her go. They don't want her to leave. And Danny's mother is all like, you know, Danny, I, I, I really, I don't have to go. I can stay here a little longer. I believe it's been three months since Danny's wife and the girl's mother, Pamela, passed away. And Danny's mother moved, boom, right in probably the day of the funeral to help get the girls settled and, you know, dealing with their grief, maybe even setting up counseling appointments for the girls and everything because Danny is a sportscaster, so he's working all the time. But Danny clearly is like, no, mom, I've got this, okay? Pam's brother, my brother-in-law, Jesse, is coming to live with us. And also my best friend, Joey, is coming. So really, there's no real need to, to for you to stay. And he does bring up, like, you know, Dad's at home waiting for you to come home after three months. He misses you. Which, later on, I believe it's in season three or four when Danny's dating... Rusty's mom, Cindy, who is also, she's a divorcee, and Rusty's having issues dealing with their divorce. Danny does mention that his parents are divorced, and I'm kind of wondering, his parents must have separated when he was an adult. Because right now, he's 29 years old, his parents are still married. And in season three, the Granny Tanny episode, when Claire returns, played by Doris Roberts, she actually is going to be moving, plans to move in and stay with the girls so Jesse and Joey can get on with their lives. And at that time, clearly she's divorced because she looks for an apartment by herself. The girls are just overjoyed, like, oh, Grandma, Grandma's going to stay with us forever. And Danny stands up because he had to literally pry the girls off of his mother. He, like, go and grab Stephanie, put her over on the stoop by the door, and then have to go and pry off DJ. Danny stands up and says, oh, Mom, this is not what we rehearsed last night. You said you were going to go home. So I'm going to play this clip as Danny's like, Mom, come on, let's take a walk over here and let's talk about this. And as he's starting to talk to her, the girls are right on their heels. Danny stops talking, turns, looks at the girls like, girls, please, can you give us a little bit of space as they back up like five feet? Help is moving in today. Well, if you need me, I'm on the next plane. 
Thank you, Mom. conversation with his mom that meter is running that meter in that cab has got to be at least close to 10 bucks by now so danny puts an arm around his mom's shoulder walks her around the couch and kind of guides her outside like don't worry about it i have this under control you've been with us for the last three months since pamela died and this is going to be fine jesse and joey are moving in later today we have this. You need to go home and take care of dad. Remember him? Kind of balding, glasses. Yeah, he needs you too. And again on the doorstep, Claire opens her arms wide. The girls dive into them and Danny has to pry DJ and Stephanie off of her. Claire waves goodbye and she's gone. But we will see her in Return of the Grandmothers. R Return of the Grandmas? So Danny's still trying to remain positive and upbeat, like, okay, are we going to have fun or what? And Stephanie and DJ are just standing on the stoop in the entryway of the house, like, ugh. I mean, if you think about it, that is quite a bit of change. Like, just lost her mom three months ago. Now their grandma, who's been staying with them for three months, is leaving. That is a lot of change in just three months' time. Now... Their situation is changing again where now they're going to have to let two other individuals into their lives. But this will be for the better. This is going to be a good thing. So Danny uses this line, like, everything is going to work out super great. He says this more than once in this episode. Super great. Super great. And he's all about the girls, like, smiling. Come on, let's see some smiles. And he guides them over to the couch, like, it's going to be great. Your Uncle Jesse is moving in today. My best friend Joey is moving in. And the girls know who they are. I mean, yeah, Jesse probably only comes around maybe a couple times a year. But they know who he is. And, of course, now Danny is going to break the news that, you know what that means? You two are going to be roommates. As in, DJ... You're going to lose your room. Well, not technically, you're gaining a roommate. Which, to DJ, this has got to be the end of the world. The girls have always had their own bedrooms, their own space. Of course, Stephanie's like, yes, that's so exciting. I get to be living with DJ. Of course, Stephanie's like, I can wear all DJ's clothes. And the look on DJ's face is just, she is horrified, like, do I really have to share my room with her? Like, I don't even like the fact that she exists. And now I gotta share a room with my little sister? And Danny, of course, only child Danny's like, Hey, honey, it's gonna be just like a slumber party. And DJ's like, yeah, with only one guest. And she looks dead on it, Stephanie. That never leaves. Boy is moving in, and you know what? That means that you two are going to get to be roommates. Isn't that exciting? I can wear all DJ's clothes. Do I have to share my room with her? Honey, it's going to be just like having a slumber party. Yeah, with only one guest. 
never leaves. All right, we got to the doorway. Uncle Jay is in the house. He makes his first appearance. He's like, Uncle Jesse's here. DJ and Stephanie like run to him like, Uncle Jesse. <laughs> the thought of sharing a room has completely left DJ's mind for the time being. Hey, hey look alive. Uncle Jesse's here. Jay, how you doing? That tooth come in yet? Yeah. It's okay. One less to brush. <laughs> hey, Jesse. Hello. You missed breakfast. Where you been? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Last night, after my gig at the Smash Club, I go for a cruise on my Harley, right? Next thing I know, I'm in Reno. It was dark. Who would have known? <laughs> then I happen to wander into the show Razzle Dazzle 87. Much better than Razzle Dazzle 86, by the way. <laughs> and I see this incredible showgirl, Vanessa, right? Our eyes meet. Ba-boom! This lightning bolt of passion shoots across the casino. Turns out Vanessa's on her way to the Philippines to do a Bob Hope special and is dying for one last night of good old American food. Food. She was, she was hungry, right? Oh, yeah, she was starving. Only we never got a chance to uh, eat because she had to turn her feathers up. So Jesse here in the doorway, he's got his guitar in one hand, he's got a bag in the other, he's wearing a leather jacket, he's got the dark hair mullet. Looking very nice, and he's definitely established as the rock and roller motorcycle driving uncle that maybe pops in a couple times a year for the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, maybe a birthday once in a while. He has to comment on DJ's, I guess the last time that he was here, which he mentions to DJ, hey, that tooth come in yet? The last time you were here, you lost a tooth, does it come in? She's like, nope, and he's like, oh well. One less to brush. So they do, I mean, you do see the couch that Danny's sitting on. Well, I guess maybe it's more of a love seat, but there is one opposite of the coffee table that Jesse tosses his guitar. He doesn't even have it in, like, one of those cases. Are you telling me that he drove on his motorcycle with that guitar not in uh, some type of a protective sleeve? And then he takes his motorcycle helmet, throws it to Danny as he props himself up on the arm of the couch. Danny informs him, well, hey, you missed breakfast. And Jesse's like, yeah, well, we get a mention of the Smash Club, which will come in many, many, many times over the course of the show to the point where Jesse, at one point inherits the Smash Club in Season 6. Wait, no, I think it's Season 7. Oh my god. Yeah, it is Season Smash Club The Next Generation. So Jesse starts going into a story about last night after my gig at the Smash Club. Somehow I wind up in Reno. A girl named Vanessa, who's a showgirl at the casino. Boom. Attraction. Lightning bolt. Eyes meet. Immediate attraction. She also is going to the Philippines for a Bob Hope special. And right away, Jesse goes into this very semi-detailed story about him and this girl, Vanessa, who were almost about ready to get down to Bone Zone, but... Danny is kind of like jerking his head to the side like, and his eyes are like almost as big as saucers like, my kids are like two feet away from you while you're about to get very graphic about a fling that you had with this showgirl. Please be G-rated in my house. But Danny jumps in like, oh yeah, she was hungry, right? And uh, 
Jesse gets this smirk on his face like, oh yeah, she was starving. <laughs> but unfortunately, we didn't get time to quote unquote eat because she had to turn her, her feathers in to, uh, so I take it she was quitting one job and then going to the Philippines to film a Bob Hope special. So, Jesse's trying to have a conversation with Danny and Stephanie kind of chimes in like, Uncle Jesse, let's play ballerina! And Jesse's like, well, Uncle Jesse does not want to play ballerina right now. And we get this Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he does not. And then Stephanie proceeds to ball up her fists, put them in front of her eyes, and move them clockwise. Yes, he does. (laughs) She will use this in the um, Cutting It Close episode where she cuts Uncle Jesse's hair. But by that time... It's season two, and she is getting a bit too old to be, because Michelle's going to start getting a little bit funnier and cuter. As she gets all the baby lines, it's like, we're establishing at that point, Steph, you're smidge, you're like eight years old. You need to CIT cut it out. He just gives in to her, like, all right, it's the first day, I'll let this happen. He takes her hand, how do we play ballerina? She's like, here, let me put my arm up, and I'll hold your hand, and I'll, like, move around you in a hopping motion, like a ballerina. She tells him to catch her, and he's she throws an arm on, like, pose! Like, okay, whatever. And she's instructing him, like, on your tippy toes, as he's holding her. And she's like, you need practice. We're going to do this every day. And the look on Jesse's face is like, no, we're not. <laughs> we get Joey's entrance with a little bit of fanfare, courtesy of himself, going, da-da-da-da! And you cannot even see Joey because he is holding dirty clothes and a giant pile covering his face. Okay, we've established now. He's going to be the sloppy one. Joey, I know you're a messy guy, but you couldn't just say, oh, I don't know, put your stuff in a garbage bag, maybe pack the suit. He's messy. He's not going to use a suitcase. We can't even get him to use a garbage bag. One of those laundry bags. (laughs) And he makes a point of saying how, oh, the day I move in is the day that I run out of clean clothes. But... Joey's a comic. He's got late night gigs at the, um, the Laugh Factory. Excuse me, no, the Laugh Machine. What the heck does he have time to do his laundry? Like, never. He probably is up at 1 a.m. doing his, his comic routine, and then he's sleeping till, like, noon or 1 o'clock. He's probably the type of guy that most likely wears something more than once. Which, I've been known to do that on occasion. Like, I'll throw off a shirt, like, okay, I'm not really going anywhere, but I'll just fling this on, which I wore last night. The only time I really, like, like, throw on some jeans is gonna be, like, when I go see family or when Jeremy and I go out together somewhere. Alright, I'm gonna play Joey's entrance. Joey, buddy, this is the best you're moving in. Thanks, Danny. 
This works out so perfect. I move into a place with a washing machine on the exact day I run out of clean clothes. <laughs> Jesse, long time no see. Now be honest, did you ever think we'd end up being roommates? Not once. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> Danny, there's no way all my stuff will fit into a room this tiny. Joey, this is not a tiny room. This is a large alcove. In fact, this is a large alcove that you're living in for free. You know, now that I take a close look at it, uh, it's enormous, enormous, enormous. <laughs> we are going to have so much fun, aren't we, kids? So Danny goes up and welcomes Joey, hugs him, and Joey pulls back, leaving Danny holding that large pile of clothes and blankets. And immediately, Joey's like, wow, who knew I'd be moving in on the same day I'd run out of clean clothes? Boom! Danny drops the pile onto the floor. Jesse and the kids back away like, whoa, boy, I don't want to be... We haven't met Kimmy Gibber Gibber yet and known the toxic fumes of her feet. So I guess Joey and Jesse have not really seen each other in a bit. At least they probably haven't seen each other in the last three months except for at Pam's funeral. And Joey's like, hey, Jess, you ever think we'd be roommates? Do you ever think this in a million years? And Jesse just looks at Joey with this, you're a weird, like, we're not sleeping in the same room together. <laughs> not in a million years. <laughs> but Danny makes it a point, like, oh, Joey, come over here. You see this little nook area? This right under the staircase? pre-Harry Potter, this is your spot. This is where, this little alcove here is going to be where you're going to live. And Joey, of course, is like, Danny, this stuff is, this place, this spy, space here is not going to hold all my stuff. And Danny's like, what are you talking about, Joey? This is such, this alcove is going to be great for you. And you get to live in it rent-free. Of course, Joey immediately changes his tune, like, oh, in that case, it's enormous, enormous, enormous. So Joey is taking the Danny train with the positivity, like, oh, girls, we're going to have so much fun. As he goes, he does his little Jetsons impression, like, zoop, zoop, like a little spaceship, like, DJ just sneers at him, looks up at Danny, who's got his arms around her and she says is it too late to stop grandma can we go to the airport and like keep her from getting on that plane because she lives in Tacoma Washington which we'll learn in the Thanksgiving episode which I am going to be doing holiday episodes of course Halloween you got your Thanksgiving, your Christmas, Valentine's Day in 2020, that kind of stuff. This is such a large little room as we move on to Danny showing Jesse, which is at the time Stephanie's room. It's a cute room. It's got like teal, teal carpeting. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Hold on a second. Guys, I'm going to get something to drink. I'll be right back. 
so let me describe Stephanie's room here. It's very nice. It's light blue with white pinstripes. And we have these what look like iron-on pink bunnies. Just like a silhouette of a bunny. And they're just all over the walls. And we also get right above... By the doorway, there's the light switch, and we have a pair of ballerina slippers just above it. It's that way to kind of syndicate. I mean, you already know Stephanie is a little ballerina. We also get, just above the headboard, we get a framed photo of some ballet slippers. What looks like maybe a ballerina or a Swan Lake in concert poster that is slanted, hung up sideways. And Stephanie's bed, which is just a single bed that's got just some, a fitted sheet and a regular pillow that doesn't even look like it has a pillowcase. And we do get, which we'll see when she moves into DJ's room, the, the full comforter and everything like that. We do have one pillow that also matches the bed skirt. Which looks like a um a homey type outdoor little picture settings. So right away Jesse is just like, oh golly, it's swell as Danny's like, well see it's not overly masculine. And he's like, oh, you know, Jesse's like, he heads over to the window He's like, oh, you know what would go great over in this little nook area? Barbie's dream house. He's already, he's not happy that he's agreed to do this. And the fact that he's moving into this child's room, which eventually he is going to make that room into his own. Now, in the little nook area where you have the shuttered windows, there's three windows. We get, like, a little round circular hoop with a ballerina inside of it with what looks like pink frizzy hair. Also it looks like we have in between the shuttered long windows we have some pink walls like just in between the corners there. We also have a smidge of crown molding and as soon as Jesse's like oh you know it would go great over here Barbie's dream house. And Danny's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, we got one of those. It's in DJ's room, but we got one. Of course they'd have a Barbie's dream house. He has three girls, which, notice, we haven't met Michelle yet. We will meet her shortly. And Jesse throws his hands up in the air, exasperated, like, yes, of course you have a Barbie's dream house. You got three daughters. As I was saying, Jesse is really, he's reluctant. He's agreed more out of civic duty because this, uh, these are his nieces, his sister's kids. His only real DNA connection to his sister are these three girls. So he's doing it purely out of obligation and maybe his sister's final wishes. Like, Jesse, well, Pam was killed in a car crash, so she didn't know that she was never going to be able to see her daughters again. She wasn't going to be able to raise her baby and see her grow up. And I believe that each girl seems to have an episode that is 
almost kind of dedicated to them missing their mom. Stephanie has the slumber party episode in, I believe, season four. Michelle has the episode where she fixes her kindergarten teacher up with her father because she wants a new mommy. And I guess if you want to call the episode where Danny has his first date since Pam's death, the episode where DJ is unhappy because he's dating again, that could kind of be her, I'm missing my mom, I don't like the idea of you dating other women. That could kind of be her, I miss my mom episode. Because other than that, I really can't think of any others. So Danny's like, hey, look, Jesse, I really want you to know I appreciate what you and Joey are doing here. Coming in, giving up a little bit of your life to move in and help take care of my girls. And the girls are so happy that you're here. And Danny is so overcome with joy and relief. He just grabs Jesse in a hug, like, oh, God bless you. And Jesse... Meanwhile, is pulling shirts that are on hangers out of his duffel bag, and he just immediately, like, freezes, and he looks at Danny, like, as Danny is crushing him in a hug, you're hugging me in a room full of pink bunnies, and Danny immediately breaks off that hug, pulls away, like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just really an emotional guy. And Jesse's like, look, Danny, Pam was my big sister, and I am willing to do whatever I can to help you with the girls. And you and I, we will sit down and discuss about a special time for hugging, but not right now, because I'm trying to put my stuff away. As he slides open the closet, and we see that the bar for the clothes, to hang the clothes up, is very, very low. Because remember, Stephanie is four years old. Her clothes aren't going to be the size of an adult male's. And Jesse makes a quip of, oh, great, what am I, living in Webster's room? <laughs> oh, Danny refers to himself as, I'm a lean, mean, hugging machine. Yes, you are, Danny, and you never stopped. Always hugging people at inappropriate times. There are times that... People are going to be the most awkward about it. Now we're moving over to the girls' room where it's just DJ's bed is the only bed that's in here. She's got a lot of cool stuff going on on her wall. She's got the Bangles poster above her headboard. She's got a San Francisco, I'm guessing that's San Francisco Giants or 49ers pennant just above her headboard. She's got some other bands up there, which I can't tell. Maybe, maybe Wilson Phillips. Might be another band up there. She's got um one of those borderline type posters that have little golden retriever puppies above her desk. She's got a corkboard that's got awards and uh, ribbons for maybe school awards, field day awards, stuff like that. And I remember that we don't see Mr. Bear yet. We have not been introduced to him. And that little desk and chairs is in Stephanie's room, which will eventually move in along with her bed. And that toy box is going to be fitted at the end of Stephanie's bed. So this is your classic dividing of the room as... DJ is tying one half to where the window is 
all the way over to what looks like um, an art easel. And uh, DJ is telling Stephanie all about the rules. I don't know what number rule number one is, but she starts on number two. Rule number two, never set foot on my half of the room. When Stephanie goes over to the wall where the window is, looks at DJ and asks, how am I supposed to get out to go to the bathroom? And DJ's pretty much like, well, Stephanie, that's your problem, okay? This is my room. I didn't want you in here to begin with. And I'm going to play this clip. Because Stephanie devises her own plan. Hmm, I'll figure a way out of here. Rule number one, never touch my stuff. You should be taking notes. Rule number two, never set foot on my half of the room. How do I get out of here? Easy. You jump out the window and climb down the tree. Okay, actually, no. Rule number one. Don't touch my stuff. And when Stephanie says, how do I get to the bathroom or get out of the room, DJ says, oh, well, you can just go out the window and climb down the tree because there's a tree conveniently right out the window, which we will see in season four. Four, five, five, right? With the monkey business episode where Danny's sister Wendy comes over. She's a zoologist. She has Ginger the monkey. She asks Joey, like, hey, I'm going to take a nap. Can you watch Ginger? Ginger climbs out the window. Danny and Joey go out the window to get her in the tree. She locks them outside in that tree because Joey is dating... Danny's sister, they kissed, and Danny is not cool with it, so. That is really the only time you're ever going to see that tree outside that window. So, as soon as DJ's like, hey, just go out the window, climb down the tree, boom, you're good. Stephanie looks at the curtained window. It's closed, the curtain's drawn. She looks back at DJ. I don't think so. I'm not doing that. I will find a way out. I don't think so. Suit yourself. I'll find a way out. something get onto the curtain bar and slowly maneuver her way across of course it looks like almost like somebody is behind that curtain kind of slowly pulling her along from behind the curtain but then also we do cut to a shot of just stephanie's top half where it's almost like someone is maybe like, carrying her along. Although in the long shots where you see her up there by herself, it just seems like she's just doing it herself. But it almost literally looks like there is someone behind that curtain just kind of 
slowly like maneuvering her. Of course, DJ's wives are like, oh, you think you're gonna, nice try little sister. Let me go to the little pulley system on the end and I'm gonna push you back along to the start where you have to start over. Notice that there is one small window and then we have this large bay window, which I don't think, this room is gonna change a little bit after this episode. That window is not gonna be that large. Danny comes in, sets some stuff down, and he's like, Stephanie, honey, what are you doing? We get this line from Stephanie in another episode. She's like, oh, just hanging around. Like, yes, of course, that's a classic line that, what else are you going to say? You're hanging there on a curtain rod. Of course, you're going to say, I'm just hanging around. She uses this line again in the Driving Miss Stephanie episode from season three when Joey gets that used car, used classic car. She drives, backs up into the kitchen, takes out that wall, scared to death she's going to get in trouble, runs away to Becky's apartment, and Jesse shows up like, she's like, oh no, don't tell Uncle Jesse I'm here. She goes to hide in the closet. Jesse opens the closet. Stephanie is hanging inside a coat on the door. Jesse's like, no one's here. Turns around, looks at the door, and he's like, <laughs> Steph, what are you doing here? And she's smiling at him like, oh, just hanging around. <laughs> I love that. That It just, it seems like she gets into those where that line just works so good. Because she was hanging inside a coat on the door. So Danny pulls Stephanie off like, honey, get down from there. You're going to get hurt. That's dangerous. Joey comes in. He sees this crepe paper stretched from the wall to that easel like it stretched the length of the room he takes this opportunity like limbo as <laughs> he starts limboing up he's like oh i see an uh awkward situation let me liven it up by doing a little bit of limbo he's like he's getting down he's like oh too low <laughs> So, DJ just complains out, this is a nightmare. And Danny bends down to her level, puts a hand on her shoulder, says, Honey, I told you, this is going to work out super great. And he's like, I'm sorry, but I've got to get to the station. i got to get to my job. There's a baby somewhere in this house. You'll find her. Listen for the cries. Of course, Danny's like, hey, you guys should watch my sports report this afternoon. Today starts my two-part series entitled Boxers, Highly Skilled Athletes or Bullies in Shorts. Stephanie asks for a piggyback ride as Danny's like, sure, honey, I'll give you a piggyback ride as he maneuvers over that crepe paper line that DJ has used to divide the room. And he mentions to Jesse and Joey Okay, now the baby's schedule is on the refrigerator, which more than likely his Danny's mother probably set up that feeding schedule so that way it'd be easier for Jesse and Joey and Danny to kind of stay on routine with the baby. Of course, Danny's gonna ask, are you sure you can take care of my baby? And they're like, oh, like, can you handle this? And Jesse and Joey are like, Danny, it's gonna be fine. We can take care of this kid. 
And we come back to Stephanie, who's hanging off of Danny's back like a little, little spider monkey, turns to DJ, grins maniacally, saying, told you I'd find a way out. Like, uh, and DJ just glares daggers at her. All right, so now we meet baby Michelle, who I'm guessing they just dubbed in her cries with someone else doing them, because that does not sound like a normal baby cry from her right away. But real quick, before we fully leave the DJ Stephanie sharing a room thing, I want to talk about, real quickly, when I shared a room with my younger cousin. I was seven, I moved in with my aunt and uncle, and of course, they had four kids... And not a whole lot of room. So they had to do some maneuvering. Like the three boys all went into one room. I believe there was a bunk bed installed. And then the younger one got a bed by the wall. And then, of course, they had to move a single bed in for me and with my younger cousin. I remember us kids were really... I don't know if you'd really call it hyper, but maybe they just like the idea of another kid being over for a little bit. There was some jumping on the bed. I remember my cousin, her bed broke. I remember um, there's this large window well that she was like leaning in and the screen, she leaned too far back and the screen popped out and she ended up falling just out the window. Luckily, I mean, it's a ground level house, so it's not like she fell from a second story out the window or anything like that. It's still scary. I mean, you're leaning back in a window and all of a sudden the screen pops out and you're falling backwards. That'd scare anybody. And I remember um, my uncle, who I didn't have like a, a chest of drawers or anything to put my clothes in, so he set up this little um, tower, this cubby tower that had like a. Uh, three little uh, cubbies for me to put like my shirts and shoes and undergarments and socks and everything like that. He made that himself to put inside the closet for me, which I thought was really, really nice. But yeah, my younger cousin, who, who was three years younger, she didn't want, she did not want to have to share her room. Granted, it was only for, I think, a year and a half. I had like just turned seven when I had moved in there, and I think the summer I was going to be turning nine is when I moved back home with my dad, because I would only stay at my aunt and uncle's from Sunday evening until Saturday morning when my dad would come and get me, and then I would go home, and then I would come back to my aunt and uncle's on Sunday night. But yeah, here we get Michelle, as Joey is trying to make her... Sm like, basically trying to keep her from, you know, crying. Like, oh, Michelle, little baby, wait me. Doing the baby talk. She does stop. And he's like, what's the matter? And then he turns to Uncle Jesse like, Uncle Jesse, what are we gonna do? And he just, Jesse just rolls his eyes, looking at Joey like, first, we stop talking like a mun munchkin. And then he's like, all right, Joey, back away. Let me show you how a mature adult handles this situation as Michelle continues to cry it's like hey shut up like yeah you scream in the baby's face that's how you shut them up and also 
freak them out to the point where they will want nothing to do with you. Which is not true with her. Jessie and Je uh, Michelle are the one that have the closest relationship here. I mean, he does have a relationship with DJ and Stephanie in his own way with them. But with Michelle, there's that. But I mean, honestly, I feel that Michelle bonded more to Jesse than she did to her own father because Danny was working all the time and everything. So she just felt that connection to him, which... I believe in another episode this season, Danny is trying to get Michelle to say, Dada, Dada, Dada. She'll say it, just not to him. When in absolute horror, Danny witnesses Michelle calling Jesse and Joey Dada. And he's like, Oh my God, my baby thinks that you two are her fathers. Like, well. <laughs> If you're not that, I mean, how much really was he involved in Mich Michelle's care when Pam was around? Because baby Michelle, when Pam passes away, is nine months old. And even later in this episode, he'll, DJ, so fed up with having to share her own room, she's like, fine, I will go move my room into the basement. And when Danny goes and gets her and says, hey, how would your mother have handled this? He's not the one who's been disciplining the kids. That Pam has been raising these kids while Danny works. So it's not that he doesn't have a relationship with his kids, but he's not the one that's doing the disciplining. And I think that DJ has a problem with... She's doing what she can to get away with stuff and seeing how far she can stretch those limits. But I'm going to play this clip. Father. Uncle Jesse, what are we going to do? First, we stop talking like a munchkin. Ah. Hey, shut up! Wait, I'll handle this. I'm a comic. It's my non-paying job to cheer people up. So, Joey looks at Jesse's aggressive display of trying to quiet Michelle's like, alright, let me handle this. As he quotes, I'm a, com I'm a comic, it's my job, my non-paying job to cheer people up. So you're telling me that he does sets at these comedy clubs and does not get paid? And he's just doing it clearly for expo exposure? So, Joey does an impression of Kermit the Frog. And, of course, Michelle keeps crying. He's like, ha, 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 I'm Pee-wee Herman. I cannot do Pee-wee Herman. Ha, 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 I can't do it. Both references Michelle probably isn't going to get. She's, like, probably a year old at this point. I don't know how much TV she's actually seen and taken in. And then, as a last resort, Joey's like, she'll love it. I call it the sprinkler. Takes a swig of his drink. And it starts going, you know, spinning out just like a sprinkler. Jessie's like, oh, okay, she's going to get all wet here. Here, let me grab this umbrella and that way we can keep her dry. Oh, he's like, ah, tough room as he goes and sets his uh, pop down on uh, 
one of the dressers and comes over. And I think this is where they uh, figure out she may need to be changed. Like, what if she needs to be changed? And Jesse's like, well, go check it out. Go feel in her diaper. See if it's wet. And of course, Jesse, or not Jesse, excuse me, Joey puts a finger in her diaper. Well, yeah, we got a winner. She's definitely wet. Jesse, what if she needs to be uh, changed? Check it out. Oh. We have a winner. Now what? Joseph, put yourself in her place. What would you want done? I've never changed a diaper. Me neither. At least you touched one. All right, look out. I'll show you how it's done. Come here, child. You believe this guy? All right, make yourself useful. I'll take the south end. So, Joey's at a loss, like, oh, what would... What should we do? And Jesse just rolls his eyes like, what do you think? Put yourself in her position. What would you want done? You'd want your diaper changed. Not to mention, the longer she sits in that urine-soaked diaper, that acid is going to start eating away at her tender, sore flesh. I'm sorry to be graphic, but no, nobody wants to sit in a pea-soaked diaper or pea-soaked pants. You change them right away. And both of them, neither of them have changed a diaper in their life. And they're like, I've never changed a diaper before. And Jesse's like, I haven't either, but you've touched one. So they decide to take her downstairs to change her. Neither of them looked for, hey, the diapers, there's going to be a changing table in that room, which... Weird enough, there's even a changing table in the bathroom at one point, which really... I don't think that makes any sense. Unless you're giving her a bath and you want to, like, put her in some jammies, like, right there. Granted, the bathroom is right across from her bed, from Michelle's bedroom. So Jesse pulls Michelle out of the crib. He's holding her by her armpit, just under her armpits. Oh, and holding her out like she's an exploding time bomb. And Joey's like, well, I'll take the south end. I'll take her legs. Because they don't want to get her wet diaper, her soiled diaper on them at all. Alright, well this is a good stopping point here to talk about um, my little diaper changing mishap. My oldest nephew was probably about two at the time. He was still wearing diapers. Or maybe he was three. Anyway, I'm changing his diaper. And you know the sticky tab part that is supposed to go over the front of the diaper? Well, as I was changing, putting the new diaper on, that sticky tab part actually um, stuck to my nephew's stomach. And I'm trying to, like, pull it, but it's, like, really stuck to the point where as I pull it, it's pulling on his skin. And I'm worried, like, he's going to start crying or get upset. I'm 13, 12, 13 years old, probably 13 at the time. 13, 14. Anyway, I'm freaking out. Like, oh no, oh no, oh no. I'm by myself. What do I do? I call my grandma. Like, grandma, I'm changing his diaper. I don't know what to do. And she's like, well, I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? I'm not coming over there to help you. Eventually, we just got it taken care of and all was good. But it was a sheer moment 
of panic thinking, oh no, I can't even change a diaper. My sister is going to kill me because this sticky tab is stuck to her son's stomach and it won't come off and I can't complete the diaper changing. And I remember at the time her youngest son, who was probably about a year and a half old, was looking on while I was changing his older brother's diaper. Like, well, I can't help you here. But even before I was changing my nephew's diaper, I knew how to change a diaper. I'd had baby dolls that had diapers. I had a younger cousin that had their diapers changed in front of me. I knew how it's such a simple, simple tactic. It takes, what, less than five minutes? Although maybe a smidge more, depending. You probably need to put a little um, powder on there. Keep the butt dry, all that good stuff. Or diaper rash ointment, depending if there's things, you know, other things that have to be taken care of before you complete the diaper changing routine. And Jeff Franklin said this scene here with the diaper changing is what got the show bought. Also, there are a couple movies that were out in the 80s that I'm going to quickly talk about. Their diaper changing scenes. So real quick, let's take a look at Three Men and a Baby, the movie, because Full House is kind of a play on that. That is kind of where Jeff Franklin, I think, kind of got the idea for that. Because in the 80s, it was all about, in the late 80s, it's all about the family shows, you, you know, um... Cosby Show and family sitcoms, Mr. Mr. Belvedere, who's the boss. Okay, this is actually interesting here. Full House, right? September 22nd, 1987. The movie Baby Boom with Diane Keaton came out in October of 87. And then Three Men and a Baby came out in November of 87. Here's the quick premise of Three Men and a Baby. Three bachelors find themselves forced to take care of a baby left by one of the guy's girlfriends. Here's the premise of Baby Boom. The life of super yuppie JC is thrown into turmoil when she inherits a baby from a distant relative. So I'm going to play the little clip, diaper changing clips from Three Men and a Baby and then Baby Boom to get an idea of just how difficult and how hilarious it was watching adults who aren't accustomed to babies trying to change their diapers. So the first one is going to be from Baby Boom and then Three Men and a Baby. These tapes and positioned over <laughs> front of the surface padding. I've got it. Perfect. 
So basically, JC was having issues with the plastic tabs where you have to pull, you have to pull the backing off of the tabs. But the thing is, you don't even have to worry about that till you actually get the diaper and the baby and you get ready to put the front half against the baby's stomach and then you bring the other half with the tabs around. Make sure you have the tab ready to go flush against the front of the diaper and then pull that backing off put the tab there but also another thing is because she went through a few diapers pulling the tabs off before she even got the diaper on thus that sticky residue was going to attach to the diaper and she went through at least two or three diapers before she actually got the diaper on baby Elizabeth and also I don't think that diaper was the right size because you think good I got it baby Elizabeth starts to crawl wait the diaper is just hanging off of her to the point where it just falls off so you gotta make sure because there's a scene in the movie where she is looking at the aisle of diapers on the shelves trying to and she's holding baby Elizabeth like let's see you look like you're maybe about 20 pounds are you 20 pounds and it lists the age range and the weight size on there. So she just got like a bunch of different diapers. Like, well, one of these I'm sure is going to work. So let's look at two men like the Joey and Jesse situation trying to change a diaper. Oh, come on, Michael. Just give me one of the diapers. These tape things go in the front and the back. Uh, how am I supposed to know? There. Whoa! These diapers are way too big. What size did you get? They're ultra-absorbent. The more absorbent, the better, <laughs> if you ask me. Will you hold it for a minute? The kid's going crazy. I, I don't want to. Come on, Michael. Hey, don't pull that so hard. It's going to rip. I'm not going to rip it. Yes, you are. All right, well, okay. Uh, give me another diaper. I'll use the tape. I'll use the tape from the diaper. I'll tape it up. I'm an architect for... So Jesse and Joey have got Michelle in this elongated, exaggerated position where he's holding her underneath her arms, Joey is holding her feet, and they're taking the stairs one step at a time, one step, two step, one step, two step, and they reach the bottom of the stairs and they're zipping along right past Stephanie. She just looks at this whole activity like, showtime, I gotta see this, I gotta see how this plays out because... This is just going to end in hilarity. I'm surprised she doesn't say something like, this isn't how my mom would change Michelle's diaper, and my dad definitely never changed her diaper like this either. Where do we put the baby? Where do we put the child? Uh, the pot. Over here. Oh, whoa, 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 Joey, this is a living thing. You don't just stick in the pot. Here's a meat rack. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, come on. Okay. All right, good. All right, settle down here. There we go. Are you going to cook Michelle? We're changing her diaper. Oh, then how do you roast a turkey? (laughs) Steph, Joey and I are busy. Joey, stripper. All right, careful there. You're in control. All right, slide it off and... Uh. 
enjoy. Keep it fresh. <laughs> okay, hold her up. I'll, I'll clean her off. Good idea. Come on, Michelle. <laughs> All right. You're missing. You're missing. You're missing. All right, come on. Gently now. Gently okay. now. Gently. There we go. <laughs> this is great. We should be mothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, let's try her off. Okay, fan. this kind of service. All right, uh, diapers. 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 Where are the diapers? Diapers. 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 Hey, super absorbent. Bring it over. Okay, now what? Okay, spinner. 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 All right, now, let's do a wrap up on this. Come on. We're right in here. for me. And hey, you spill some juice on the counter? Just wipe it up with baby tidy bottom. Not bad. The next time dry these. Steph, why did you wait till now to give us the diapers? Nobody asked me. So Stephanie follows Jesse and Joey into the kitchen as they're holding Michelle. Jesse and Joey are just clueless. They're like, okay, we're in the kitchen. Where do we put the baby? Where do we put the child? Joey grabs a pot and Jesse looks at him like, what are you doing? This is a living, breathing, breathing human being here. Use a meat rack. Okay, so they got the pot on the kitchen counter. They have the little uh, metal meat rack in there. And Joey grabs some what looks like table place settings. And they set Michelle, who's still in her diaper, right there. And the shot we have of Michelle here, it almost looks like that pot that Joey's got that she's sitting in is very close to the edge of that kitchen counter. Like, almost like if she leans back far enough, she is going to fall. But when the camera pulls back from that... What the heck? My cat's acting crazy, guys. I don't know what's going on with her. Um, when they pull back, you see that the pot is pretty, it's far enough away from the counter that she would be fine. She's not in any danger of falling. Joey goes to strip her diaper off of her. I thought, I was under the impression that it was a wet diaper. They're like, oh, oh. They're, the way they react to it when they pull the diaper off, it's like she, like the diaper is filled with diarrhea feces. And Joey goes and takes the diaper with the tongs, almost like it's toxic waste, don't want to touch it with your hands, goes and puts it in one of those Tupperware containers, seals the lid on it, Jesse's like, great idea, Joey. Keep it fresh. I would be throwing that Tupperware out with that diaper in it. That You cannot use that. I don't care if it's the feces is in the diaper, that the diaper is contained inside the diaper. Don't you throw that Tupperware out. Jesse pulls Michelle out of the pot, and Joey gets the... The spray nozzle from the kitchen sink. This spray nozzle's got a large. It's 
got a large head on it and the spray is like really like voluminous and it's just the way that Joey's aiming it as Jesse's like you're missing you're missing because he's holding baby Michelle up like you need to hit her bottom you're not hitting her bottom you're causing a steady stream to go over the side of the sink out onto the floor so if someone comes into that kitchen boom they're hitting that water they're on the ground but they do manage to get some droplets on Michelle's behind. Alright, now what do we do? Well, we gotta dry your fanny off. There is a little mini... <laughs> oh my god, my head, my mind is blanking. What is it? It's a fan. A little mini fan. Like, okay, fan or fanny. Get that going. And they're kind of... Jesse's still holding her. And he's kind of lately dangling her behind in front of this fan. And think about it. Poor little baby Michelle, her behind is wet. And you're fanning this cool breeze against her bottom. Don't you think if I were a baby, that would be chilly? I'm like, Ugh. I mean, there might be an instance like during the summertime after a shower, like we'll have the fan going downstairs and Jeremy will go and kind of, you know, he'll be mostly dressed. But then he'll stand kind of in front of that fan, like, getting those droplets off of him, like, to dry himself. So, mind you, Stephanie is at the breakfast table that, well, the breakfast bar, if that's what you want to call it, on a stool. She's watching all of this, and just her, uh, her head is spinning, her eyes are darting back and forth, like, all this activity. This is utter craziness. And the, mind you, the diapers, those huggies are, there's a jumbo-sized bag right in the seat next to her. And she says, great idea, guys, but maybe next time, why don't you use the huggies? Here, these diapers, as I pull one out. And Jesse's like, Steph, why didn't you say anything about this? And of course, this is the line Stephanie will use. I don't know, this could have been a catchphrase, but it didn't really... They didn't have something solid that was going to be memorable. Because anyone can say, nobody asked me. That's generic. Anybody and everybody will say that when someone's like, why didn't you tell me that in the first place? Nobody asked me. You want something original that's going to catch on. So after they fan Michelle's little baby fanny, they're like, okay, diapers, diapers, where are the diapers? I don't see them here because they wouldn't be in the kitchen, would they? No, they would be upstairs in her bedroom with a changing table already in place. And they decide to like, oh, here, super absorbent when these paper towels. As Jesse's holding Michelle, you got the di um. The paper towels, as Joey says, spin around, spin around. I'm gonna, you know, spin around as I yank out the, the paper towels on this roll. Like, okay, well, what do we do now? Let's get the little um, bag that you would wash undergarments in in the washer, and let's put her in that, that little sack. And I'm just thinking, watching this, I'm like, yeah, that might be okay, quote-unquote, okay for now, not really, because if she pees or poos again, boom, that's gonna go right down her leg. You have maybe like a little bit of paper towel, maybe covering her bottom, but she pees or poos, that is going through that 
netted lining of that laundry bag that goes in the you know when you wash your 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 garments your lady garments and stuff like that so like with with the bras and stuff so the straps don't get all tangled because you know how they get tangled in the wash and then you're constantly having to readjust all the time although now that i think about it maybe that wasn't so much as laundry bag because it did have handles on it where one of those little netted laundry bags has a zipper on it to keep that stuff safe inside when you throw it in the wash this is more something like maybe a little netted bag that you would put like apples in or or, or or bananas or you take it to the store like instead of using the plastic to get grapes and stuff you'll put it in this netted bag. I love how Joey says these babies have it made. I would kill for this kind of service. Oh I just noticed on the bag of huggy, huggy diapers it says medium on it and it lists I think the highest is like maybe... 24 pounds on there. That looks like 24 pounds. So we cut to it's nighttime. So Danny should be arriving home from work. This house is utterly trash. What was once nice and clean, the grandmother, you know, Danny's mother spent time making sure this house was clean. Every available surface of this living room is covered in clothes. That baby playpen, it's got a blanket on it, it's got some jeans. Is this all Joey's clothes or it's just, this looks like the girls' clothes or just, maybe they did a load of laundry or they're just picking up laundry like about the house and like, well, or they're, they got it out of the dryer. Like, well, this is as far as it's going to get for today. So let me just plop it right Playpen, great idea. Michelle's upstairs sleeping. Jesse and Joey are taking a snooze on the couch. Clearly taking care of Michelle has wore them out. The girls, they probably fed them lunch already. They've gotten them dinner and probably gotten Michelle to bed. They're taking a break. As Danny walks in, looks at his once clean house. We have not established Danny yet. To be the clean freak that he is, that we know of Danny Tanner today. We have not gotten to that point yet because, of course, it's only the first episode. The only real personalities we've even established, and that is very lightly, would be Jesse. Rock and roller, he's got his guitar, rides a motorcycle. Joey, he does impressions, he's a comedian. Danny, he's a sportscaster. That's really all we know about Danny. We have had. No indications of the type of guy he is, other than he's a sportscaster. Nothing about cleaning yet. So yeah, Danny's eyes are like, what is with all the baby? So that's all baby clothes that are all, whoopsie, thrown all over the place. And Joey's like, I'm sorry, but you know, whenever he tried to feed her, change her, burp her, she spit up. And, okay, so what that is, is they probably, like, had to rechange her multiple times. Here, just strip off your clothes, put you in another diaper. This has been multiple attempts. Doorbell, oh, Danny goes up, or Jesse goes up to Danny, looks at him and says, Your baby's a pig. No, she's a baby whose reflexes haven't been straightened out 100%. She doesn't have... A hold of her faculties as far as regurgitation she's throwing up 
Your body can't keep stuff down. Put on one of those um, burp bibs or uh, burp cloths or whatever they call them. Doorbell rings. Jesse goes to answer it. And who is it? The wondrous Vanessa, the Bob Hope showgirl. How did she find him? You know, the, look at this is 87. This is before the internet. Uh, oh, I bet you know, he must have given the address. He must have like, hey, this is where I'm staying. Look me up. Alright, so I got IMDb pulled up here for this episode. Christy Claridge plays Vanessa. Let's see what else that Vanessa has done. Let's see. Let's see here. Oh, she was in Mr. Belvedere in 88. The Apartment. Well, I haven't gotten to that episode yet. She was in two episodes. Of course, the unaired pilot and our very first show. She's the sheriff. She played Bambi. Rags to Riches. Hunter. She was in three episodes as three different people. Me and Mrs. C. She played Claire. Beverly Hills Madam. Airwolf. Love Boat. A-Team. Gotcha. That looks like an adult movie. TJ Hooker. Matt Houston. New Mike Hammer. She was in a four episodes. Auto Man, Benson, Masquerade, Fantasy Island, and Manimal? What is this? What's Manimal? What is that thing? A man who can change himself into any animal fights crime. Oh, hey! It's You see him transform into a black panther at the bottom. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's interesting. Oh, it only lasted for like eight episodes. Well... I'm sure. Wasn't there Animorphs? But that was a kid's show. Let's look at Alice Hershen, who plays Claire Tanner 1.0, because Doris Roberts will come on for an episode. Granny Tanny as Claire Tanner 2.0. All right, Alice Hershon. She's right around the same age as my grandma. Uh, the last thing she did would have been in, oh my goodness, 2019 Will and Grace. So she's still doing stuff. Before that, she was in a short called Night Vet in 2014. She did a voice for a video game. She was in six episodes of The Secret Life of the American Teenager as Mimsy. Maybe she probably played a grandmother. She also does more video game work. Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, Men of a Certain Age, Nine Episodes in One Life to Live. Bathtub Picnic, Starstruck, Grandma Olsen. See, a lot of grandma types. She was in Seventh Heaven, eight episodes as Jenny Jackson. Okay, so she must have played um, Annie Camden's mother. Okay. Other shows, NYPD Blue, Judging Amy, Godzilla the series, really? ER, Ellen, she... Lois Morgan. She was at 28 episodes. So maybe she was Ellen's mother. Was she? What's Ellen? Okay, so she must have been Ellen's mother. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Law and Order, Home Fires, Dear John, Psycho for the Beginning, Equal Justice. He's in a Full House. Three episodes? Really? 
Okay, unaired pilot, our very first show, and then return of Grandma. That's the last time we see her. Gotcha. She was in an episode of 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. That was a TV show. She was in three episodes of Quincy M.E. It looks like a medical drama. She also starred in another soap opera, General Hospital, in four episodes. She was in Taxi, Barney Miller, Flamingo, Ro Private Benjamin. Uh, let's see. After School Specials. She was in an episode of that. The Ropers, which is the um, spinoff to Three's Company, which I thought, like, Three's Company had another spinoff called Three's a Crowd, where Jack Tripper owned a restaurant. It was him, his wife or fiancé or girlfriend, and her father. A Woman Called Moses. She was in two episodes of that. Uh, family. 78. Waltons. Two episodes of that. Having Babies 2. Oh, there's a lot of, lot of stuff. She's, alright, that's about it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry I went through the majority of what she's done, but she's been in a lot of stuff. So Jesse sees Vanessa and he's like, have mercy. This is the first time we get have mercy. So Jesse's been taking care of baby Michelle with Joey. He's exhausted. He wants to unwind, like go have a good time with Vanessa. She was going to go to the Philippines with Bob Hope. Unfortunately, and this will be a trope, the airport is fogged in. We will see this again in the seventh month, seventh month itch episode, parts one and two, where everybody but Jesse is going to Disneyland and the fog keeps them from going. Also in the episode Fogged In, where Jesse buys DJ a guitar, or excuse me, a drum set because he yelled at her and wants her forgiveness for them to be cool again. And his mom and dad stay at Danny's house. Those are his in-laws because there's so much fog it's creeping into the doorway. He offered for her to stay with him anytime she wants. Of course, he didn't clear it with Danny. Now, I understand that Jesse's going to be living there. He's going to be having a room. However, however, you're living there for free. This is some under someone else's roof. There are children there. I understand with Danny, where it's like, you want to have time with this girl? That's great. Get a motel room. You are not doing that activity across the hall from where my daughters are sleeping. I don't care if you do it, but you're not doing that under my roof. And the dress that Vanessa is wearing is really, it's revealing to the point where her breasts are actually being pushed up, like a push-up bra. So it's really, the dress is accentuating her chest. And of course, it's got the, um, the threads in the front of the dress that are just holding it together by a sheer miracle. And I gotta say, she is not a true blonde because you definitely see those dark roots. She is like what they would call, what, like a bleach blonde? Of course, the other girls are not in bed because as Jesse is making out with Vanessa on the stoop, in front of the doors, in the doorway, Stephanie comes rolling in with her tutu like, all right, Uncle Jesse, it's later. You said you'd play ballerina with me later. Emphasis on it's later. And Jesse does not care. Who's watching? 
as he makes out with Vanessa. And she said, ready to play more ballerina. So she was, she's keeping her word on, we're going to do this every single day. Every day and bringing this up. And Jesse breaks away from the kiss, says, turns to Michelle, or Stephanie, excuse me, says, we'll play later, okay? And Stephanie, of course, being the little four-year-old, is like, it's later. Like, Stephanie, no. Why isn't she asleep? What time is it? Danny left, like, sometime in the afternoon. So Stephanie runs to Jesse, like, catch me, as he, she jumps into his arms, and Vanessa has got her arms folded across her chest, clearly irritated. Like, I thought we were making out, Jesse. Why are you spending time with this little girl? You didn't say anything about children being involved here. So Jesse puts Stephanie down, says, hey, why don't you go play ballerina with your big sister? And this is where we get the reveal. As Stephanie says, I can't. She moved out. This has got Danny's attention. Like, what, what, wait, 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 sweetie, what's going on? Where's your sister? What do you mean she moved out? And Stephanie's like, all right, follow me upstairs. I'll prove to you that she is not living in this room anymore. This room is literally bone dry. Posters awards the corkboard is bare the walls are bare everything that she owned of any value is gone the only thing left is the bed which has been stripped of any material the desk right next to it with drawers that have been opened and the dresser drawers have all been pulled out to emphasize there's nothing inside of them so danny comes in holding stephanie and Jesse and Joey come in. They're looking at each other because Danny's looking at them like, well, wait a minute. You were watching the kids, right? How did any of this happen? You guys were here in the house. At one point, my daughter was in this house with you as well as my other two daughters. Now I have two daughters and one is not here. You need to explain this. I left you guys in charge. I'm sure Danny is reconsidering, like, I left you guys in charge. I trusted you to watch my kids. Now, one of my three children is not here. And that's where we go to commercial. Now, I'm going to play this clip. Lost my daughter? I went to work for seven hours and you lost 33% of my children? <laughs> Joey, call the police. Jesse, start driving around the neighborhood. I'm going to call up DJ's friends. And I'll go get DJ. <laughs> Stephanie, honey? Yes, Daddy? Sweetheart, do you know where DJ is? Uh-huh. Why didn't you say something sooner? Nobody asked me. <laughs> so Danny's like, all right, Jesse, you drive around the neighborhood. We'll call her friends. We'll call the police. It's a full-on search now. And, of course, Stephanie's following behind them saying, All right, well, I'll go get DJ. Immediately, all three men stop in their tracks, turn. Danny bends down to Stephanie's level, says, Stephanie, sweetie, what do you mean you're going to go get DJ? Do you know where she is? And Stephanie's like, uh-huh. And Danny just is like, Honey, why, did you say, why didn't you say anything to us earlier? Of course, we get the line, nobody asked me. See, they're really, seems like they're pushing. If they're throwing this out, 
more than once in an episode, they are pushing to get this as a catchphrase. Because we do also get this again in The Return of Grandma. So now we go down to the basement, which will later become Joey's bedroom, thus later becoming the studio for Jesse's recording equipment, and then in Fuller House becoming Stephanie's bedroom. Just thought of this. As we cut down to the basement, DJ's got her clothes hanging up against a wall. She's got uh, what looks like a padded lawn chair that's got her pillow. She's got her lip phone. She's on the phone talking to Kimmy Gibbler, who we do not meet in this episode, but we will later meet. And she gives information saying that I'm talking to Kimmy Gibbler, who lives next door. She has three sisters. And I'm sure she probably would say, which I don't think she does. She doesn't have to share a room with any of them. But what I'm getting at is in season five, entitled, Take My Sister, Please. Same kind of episode is this one with the changing of the rooms. <laughs> at this point in season five, DJ's in high school. Stephanie's still in middle school. So for the course of season one, two, three, four, that's four years. She and Stephanie have been sharing a room. DJ finally has had enough. It's like, I am high school. I'm in high school. Stephanie and Michelle are in elementary school. They are more closer in age, whereas they should be sharing a room. I need my own privacy, which is understandable. She and Stephanie are six years age difference. They really, at that point, Danny should have said, okay, that does make sense. Because he agrees with her. It's like, yeah, you are right. These two need to be sharing a room together. And Stephanie, of course, is playing the DJ role from like this episode where she says, dad, don't make me live with a kindergarten baby. And... Lo and behold, Michelle gets offended, says, I don't want to live with you either. Stephanie takes it upon herself, takes her stuff out of her room. Instead of going to the basement, because of course, at that point, I believe it's the studio. And Jesse and Becky are married at that point. She's expecting the twins. And... Stephanie decorates the bathroom in her stuff. So it's pretty much the same concept. One person's moving in with another. The other person is resenting it. Like, I want my own room. I'm taking a stand. Kind of thing here. So Danny and the guys come down. And Danny's like, hey, Deej, can I speak with you, please? And DJ... Puts the phone against her chest. Like, Dad, I'm speaking to Kimmy Gibbler on the phone. She's calling me from her own phone, from her own room. So she's emphasizing this girl's got her own room, her own phone, and she has three sisters. No, she doesn't. They will drop that completely, and she just has an older brother named Garth. Who, that character will be dropped. We'll never see him. We'll never, ever meet Kimmy's parents. And in Fuller House Season 2, we find out that she has a younger brother named Jimmy who's right around Stephanie's age. 
it's just funny how they pick things up and then they drop them within an episode. So Danny's like, I don't understand why you want to be down here. It's dark. It smells. It's stuffy. It's, and DJ's got the garage door open. Like, oh, you want some fresh air? As we hear the garage door being opened. Which reminds me of the episode... Joey, where Joey, they transformed that garage into an, uh, um, a little apartment bedroom for him. And DJ comes down, Joey is rehearsing his comedy bits around his car, and DJ mentions, how can you be down here? It's so cold, it's freezing, because she's wearing a sweater. So if this show is taking the timeline of when this episode aired in late September, it's probably going to be pretty stuffy in there. There's no ventilation whatsoever as far as there's no windows down there. Completely closed off except for that garage door. So Danny puts his foot down like, that's it, young lady. You are moving right upstairs right now. But then he totally backs off and wimps out. It's like, is that okay? Like, Danny, no! You don't ask her if it's okay. You are telling her you do not give her a choice. I noticed that by that Santa face, that plastic Santa face, we have a coat rack where you see just the top of it, but there's a soccer ball there. Of course, DJ is going to be playing soccer in season two. Or maybe she was already playing soccer at this point, because we do see her kicking a soccer ball in the theme song. DJ just looks at her dad like, no thank you. Goes back to talking to Kimmy like, alright Kimmy, where were we? And Jesse's like, oh good one dad. Here, you're trying to lay down the wall and your kid just walks right over you. Oh, Jesse brings up, oh you've been reading Cosby's book, Fatherhood. Which, Joey jumps on that immediately and goes and impersonates Bill Cosby. He's kneeling right down next to DJ saying, hey DJ, why don't you go move upstairs and you could have a big juicy bowl of jello. And I, I can't do Cosby and I'm not going to do Cosby either. That was my lame attempt. So she just looks at him, rolls her eyes, goes back to Kimmy and says, Oh no, Kimmy, that's just Joey. That's not really Bill Cosby. So Joey kind of tosses his hands in the air like, Well, you know what? I tried. <laughs> I tried and I failed. At this point, Stephanie comes down the stairs says, Hey, Daddy, Michelle is crying she's got that thirsty look in her eyes like she's probably hungry so joe uh danny's like hey joey i will they're telling stephanie i'll be up he instructs joey warm up the baby's bottle it's in the fridge and tells jesse jesse you're good with kids help her out get her back upstairs for me please I love Joey's line of, although with this particular baby, I think it'd be easier just to pour the formula directly into the diaper because that's where it's going to end up. So Danny says, try to be parental. You're her uncle. And Jesse's like, all right, that's cool. I can be parental. I got parents. As DJ is messing around with her easel. So I'm going to play this clip of Jesse and DJ. He's trying to get her to move back in. Like, hey, I understand you want your own room. Life isn't fair. It's the world's not a perfect place. And he says, Bruce Willis has a record deal. They eventually settle on a bet because Jesse wants to get to Vanessa. He wants to go off and have fun with her. And they settle on a bet. What did she say? Like 50 bucks or something like that? 25 bucks? I'll play the clip. Can you help me 
Yes, you can move your little bot back in the house. <laughs> Look, DJ, I don't blame her for wanting your own room. But you gotta understand, this world is not a perfect place. Bruce Willis has a record deal. <laughs> nah, but then if Vanessa shows up at your door and all evens out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Good, so you move back in? Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll speak the language you understand. Five bucks if you move back in. Fifty. Ten. Forty-nine. A buck? You went down a buck? Okay, it's back up to fifty. All right. My final offer, twenty bucks. Twenty-one. Vanessa's waiting. <laughs> All right, they settle on 21 bucks, and Jesse comes up the stairs, says, all right, DJ's moving back in. I'm going to go out with Vanessa. We do see Joey has his mannequin, which looks like Joey. It's also wearing the same outfit. This trend does continue, I think, just through this season. We do not see this thing again. I don't think we, we might. Maybe in season two, he's got it. Or later in season one or two, maybe he might have it downstairs just standing off to the side. I don't know. Jesse's heading up the stairs to go to see Vanessa, who's supposedly supposed to be in his room. And Danny breaks it to him like, hey, Vanessa's not up there. And Jesse stops, runs over, puts his hands over Stephanie's ears as he says, what the hell have you done with Vanessa? And Stephanie's like, she's history. Well, really, all Danny said was I. he thought, you know, with three girls in the house, maybe it would be better if Vanessa slept on the couch and she left. So, Jesse's like, you hate me, don't you? And I'd be like, no, Jesse, he doesn't hate you, but it is still his house. These are still his impressionable children that don't need to be hearing you and Vanessa right across the hall from them. Then we see... DJ here with an armful of clothes on hangers, getting ready to go up to her room. Jesse's like, alright kid, the deal's off. I want my money back because Vanessa's not here. So Danny is shocked. Like, that's your way with kids? You buy them off? And Jesse's like, well hey, it worked. Kid, give me my money. DJ's like, fine, I'll just go back down to the basement and uh, I have other sources of income. I'll have a garage sale. No, you won't. I tried to have a garage sale once. It didn't go over so well. Granted, the clothes I was using were going to end up as rags, but I thought maybe I can make some money. I wrote on the back of a poster, like, I have a garage sale. It was I didn't do any advertising. I was like 10 or 11. I was right around DJ's age. And I was holding the sign up as people were all, like, driving. It's out in the country, so if you don't advertise, nobody's even going to know it's there. And I held out the sign. Some person, like, drove by and pointed and laughed at me, and that's about as far as I got. Danny decides to go after DJ and settle things once and for all. He hands the ba uh, baby Michelle off, who he's been feeding. Hands her off to Jesse and takes Stephanie, and they go into the kitchen and talk to Michelle, or talk to... The DJ before she zips down to the basement. So Danny runs into the kitchen, sets Stephanie down on a chair, goes over to DJ who's standing at the top of the stairs waiting to go down into the basement. Which I notice 
the red light when um, the basement becomes goes from Joey's bedroom to a studio has not yet been installed. That red light. So Danny's like, I'm not letting you have a garage sale. And DJ, of course, is like, well, what if I give you 10% of the profits? So DJ, uh, Danny takes DJ, guides her over to a chair, and says, can you please just try to share a room with your sister? And now DJ starts opening up about all the things that are changing. Everything is changing. First mom dies, then grandma leaves. Now I have to give up my room. Everything keeps changing. Well, it, it, it does. It sucks. It's a, it's a part of life. And you just, you have to slowly learn to adjust. If you can't learn to adjust and adapt to change, you are not going to be able to make it. I understand. Change is difficult for me. I mean, think about it. I was seven years old. I had to deal with the fact that my mom wasn't living with me anymore. My dad, I only saw my dad on the weekends. I had to move into a house with a, f- a completely different family that had their own kids, their own set of rules, their own routine. So I had to go from living in my own house with my family to missing my mom, only seeing my dad on the weekends. And it, it was an adjustment. It was difficult. Not just for me, but my aunt said it was... My aunt was only 23 years old and she already had five kids. So to take on someone like me who had emotional issues due to my predicament and everything else that was my, what was going on was a lot for her. And I say that she handled it the best that she could. But like I said, you're not gonna, if you can't eventually learn how to adapt, you are not gonna make it. So I'm gonna play this clip. Can't you just try sharing a room with your sister? <laughs> your mom was always so good at this stuff. I'd come home from work and everything was always perfect. DJ, how would mom have handled this? She would have caught me before I moved into the garage. Mom knew everything I did before I did it. What is it, honey? It's just not fair. First I lose my mom, then grandma leaves. Now I even lose my own room. Everything keeps disappearing. I know exactly how you feel. And I know how much you girls miss your mother. Because I miss her, too. Very much. But you still got me. You got me, too. You got Michelle? And you have your Uncle Jesse and Joey? DJ, we're still a family. And now is when we really need to stick together. DJ, you and I, we go back a long time. Ten years. The ten happiest years of my life. So look. So look. It's up to you. Either you move back inside, or all five of us are moving into the garage. But nothing is going to break up this team. 
Oh, God, I just needed a minute. I got choked up. I got choked up. Mm. So Danny says, you know, your mom was always so good at this. She, you know, I come home from work and everything would be perfect. And he asked DJ, says, DJ, how would your mom have handled this? And DJ says, mom would have caught me before I moved into the garage. She pretty much knew the move I was going to make before it even came into my head. She was that good. So this way, kind of insinuating, Danny's never really had to discipline his kids before. He would be their breadwinner. He'd be out working. His wife would be the one at home raising the kids, disciplining them. And Pam probably knew the kids more than Danny. I mean, Danny would be out of the house working and... You know, he might see the kids for dinner or something like that. Or maybe quickly at breakfast. But it just seems like he really... It's not that he's not close with his kids or he doesn't have a relationship at all with them. It's just that he's never been in a position where he's had to take the parenting role on 100% instead of like 50 or, you know, 40%. And this is all new to him. And that heart pulls on your heartstrings music kicks in immediately as Danny says DJ what's wrong DJ says it's just not fair everything keeps disappearing first mom dies hmm then grandma leaves and now I lose my own room I gotta hand it to Bob Saget he does a really good he doesn't muster up the tears when he says, DJ, I know exactly how you feel. <clears throat> I miss your mom, too. I'm going through this also. You're not alone in this. And you're not alone at all. You have, you still have me. I'm still your parent. I'm still here. And Stephanie's like, and you have me, too. And Danny's like, yeah, you have your sister. You have your little baby sister, Michelle. And Jesse and Joey. You're, and also, your grandma is a plane ride away, or you can call her on the phone. You are not alone in this. And I like how Danny emphasizes, like, we all, we're a team here. And it's like, seriously, we all gotta do our part. We all gotta find a way to deal with this. You know, yes, I know it's been three months, and this is still this is still fresh and we're still trying to make our way through this but I love Danny's line of either you move back upstairs with us or all five of us are moving into the basement with you that's your choice so DJ finally figures out it's like no I'm not alone I have my family and they love me and I will move back upstairs so, you know, like I said, I, I understand the first two. She lost her mom and her grandma left, who she grew to have a close attachment to. But the last remark, I even lose my own room. In that minute, she's, I'd say she has been a tad on the selfish side. As in, I'm making it about me. Like, I'm losing my room. I love how Danny says, DJ, you and me, we go way back. Ten years. Ten beautiful years, and I would not change that for anything. 
So he hugs his girls. We cut to the living room. We get a shot of that organ that's right behind Jesse. And we see that Michelle is in the playpen and Jesse's kind of, you know, jostling her a little bit, you know, trying to get her to smile and everything like that. So DJ says, Uncle Jesse, it's all right. Our deal's back on. I'm moving upstairs. As he goes to pull the money out and she's like, no, that's okay. I'll put it on your tab. Like, sweetie, you're not gonna see that $21 ever again. You need to just erase it from your memory. I'm not sure what Joey's doing in the background, but Danny's like, hey, this is working out great because Danny, Jesse, DJ, and Stephanie are all kind of crowded around. So just, or Joey's in the background. I'm not sure exactly what he's doing, but Danny and Jesse and DJ and Stephanie are kind of crowded around. Michelle's playpen and this is where we're gonna get that classic scene of them singing the theme to the Flintstones and Danny's like these girls they're crazy about you Jesse and I love how Jesse's like yeah I just dance around with them and then I give them money of course they love me and then we hear baby Michelle in her grip going or in her playpen going oh, oh, oh. And Jesse's like, oh, what's your problem now, kid? And Danny's like, oh, no, no. I mean, she's singing. She loves music. And I'm thinking, well, that's great because Jesse's going to eventually, Jesse, Danny, and Joey are going to come up with that tradition of singing Michelle the teddy bear song when she is a baby, which actually the teddy bear song is, how's that teddy bear song? Let me be your teddy bear, I think it's called. So, Joey's like, I'll handle this. As he comes over, he starts going with the Flintstones. And then Jesse and Danny. And then the girls get into it. Because, of course, who wasn't watching the Flintstones on Saturday mornings? Along with Yogi Bear and the Smurfs, Thundercats. All those shows that us 80s kids grew up loving and getting up at like 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. And just vegging out in front of the TV until like maybe 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So Joey, Danny, Jesse, DJ, and Michelle, they're all singing the theme to the Flintstones as they're walking around in a circle around Michelle's uh, playpen. And this is how she stops crying. So, And that's how we end this episode. It was, this was really, really sweet. And... It hit all the feels. I think there are families out there, blended families out there, that have dealt with something like this where a parent dies and you're bringing in relatives or someone else to help take care of the children and there's adjustment periods and everything like this. And maybe a child will act out if, like, hey, we need your room. We are going to actually put you in a room with your other sibling where you're used to having your own room. Just all these changes going on. And it just, I, I think definitely, and the baby chasing scene, like Jeff Franklin said, this is pretty much what got the show on the air and got people hooked. Granted, it did take a little bit, the, you know, fans weren't 100% on board yet with the show with season one, but by season two, it started gaining interest. They brought on Lori Laughlin as a love interest for Jesse. DJ started getting a, a little bit older and f 
you know, facing problems. Michelle was getting able to have some actual dialogue and they were giving her lines. She wasn't saying things like, you got it, dude, or this or that, but just, just little things, so. Alright, so for this, at the end of the episode, I'll do the segment's best outfit, worst outfit. Because, of course, if there's a best outfit, there's got to be probably a worst outfit. Maybe not every single episode is going to have one or the other, but when they do, I will definitely do my best to do a best outfit of the episode. Best or worst outfit of the episode. So for best outfit, I think I want to go with... As much as I love Claire's outfit and how it all matches with the white and the blue, I want to go with Stephanie's overalls with the shirt that she's wearing. Just looks really, really adorable. I was originally going to go with Joey's comedic colorful shirt with the comic strip pictures on it. But I decided I really do not like the... It almost looks like um, Native, not Native American print so much as it's got um, like a V shape with um, little uh, tassels kind of hanging from the V shape and everything. It just, it's, it's bland. It just, it's just really, really bland. I didn't like it. The next segment, I might come up with, eventually come up with, like, segment music for each segment, but, um, for the pilot episode, I'm not gonna do that. I'd have to go for my favorite line, which I played in the clip, where Danny says, where Danny says, DJ, either you move back upstairs, or all five of us are gonna be living in the basement with you. It's your choice. I just thought that was really great. Just how Danny's like nothing is going to break up this team. So one line I really I don't really like it is when Stephanie asks because they have Michelle in that pot. She asks are you going to cook Michelle? And Joey's like we're changing her diaper. But the line from Stephanie I this line here that I'm going to say is just I don't like it. She's like, oh, then how do you roast a turkey? It's like, I don't, I don't like it. I just, I don't like it. Just, it's the, almost like it's an obvious joke because Michelle's in a pot. How do you cook a turkey? I'd say, honestly, that the lesson I learned from this episode is that families stick together in tough times. That you know when things go bad and if you really need someone... There's somebody out there that you know that will literally drop everything and come and help you. That when times are tough, family, you gotta stick together. Everybody has to do their part. That is the only way that you're going to get through things. Is Everybody is on the same page, on the same team. Everyone's given 100%. And yes, you leave room for the adjustment period. So I'm not so much going to play this clip of Candace Cameron talking about her audition for the role of Candace Cameron. She had been in other things prior. She had been in an episode of Punky Brewster where she played a girl that was kidnapped by her parents. Also, I believe she was in the movie Punchline as Sally Field's daughter prior to this, I believe. 
she might have been in a couple other things also prior to this. But she went in for the role of DJ Tanner and she overheard the casting director on the phone saying that Candace Cameron was just okay. She really wasn't anything spectacular. And Candace overheard this and she was really upset at the point where she started crying and her mother vouched for like, hey, can she come in and do it again? They looked, they gave her another shot and she was on point and I think because her brother Kirk, of course, was on Growing Pains as Mike Siebert, they thought, okay, we could have a win here because her brother's on a hit TV show, that maybe we'll have that with her. But of course, like I said, her first audition didn't go so hot. The, her mother stepped in and said, hey, let her try again. She was a little nervous. She tries it again, wows them, gets the role. Now, Jody Sweden, of course, Jeff Franklin had had a, his eye on her for a little bit because... She had been on Valerie. She played Mrs. Poole's niece. I think her name was Pamela. Little bit, uh, Pammy or Pam. And, um, of course, Edie McClurg played, uh, Mrs. Poole. So, yeah. Okay, she was on Valerie before it became the Hogan's or the Hogan family. Oh, Jeff actually wrote the role of Stephanie Tanner for Jody Sweden. So, Jody Sweden says that she never actually tried out for the role. I mean, since Jeff Franklin had wrote the role with her in mind, she didn't really even have to, you know, try out or uh, try out or ad- audition. So that's she got lucky there. She got really, really lucky. And I believe for Mich- the role of Michelle Tanner with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. I believe didn't they get the role because they were the only pair of twins that wasn't crying and I think it was like their mother had brought the twins there because she was there to support another mother who actually had an audition with her set of twins and Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen were like the only babies there that were completely calm and they got the role and think about it it changed their lives can you imagine let's say that Full House got cancelled after season one um, do you think the twins would have been as successful and gone on to have a multi-media empire? Maybe they could have been cast on another show as a child. Who who knows? Who really knows? That I think in a way, Ashley and Mary-Kate, definitely, this was their saving grace. I mean, I up to this point, it was just an odd... She wasn't even really supposed to be at the audition with her girls. I don't think that, you know, the performing industry was even on the table. They probably never, it was not even a blip in their mind. They just went there and then this happened and it just eventually skyrocketed And when they realized what they had with these kids. So that being said, you know, I like I said, I grew up watching this show. I, I still love to watch it. It's currently on Hulu. I loved Fuller House when that first came out. I was so so excited for that. I was completely floored. You know, for a show that I grew up watching and then to be around for the next generation 
to be in, you know, into the show and everything. It's just, this is amazing. And I know, yes, I'm sorry, this podcast runs a little over two hours. Not everyone is going to be on that. I do want to actually go in and start actually taking notes on specific scenes, kind of going that route. Um, I'd like to try to keep them a couple times a month or maybe three times a month with episodes. We'll, we'll see how it, how it works out and everything. Like I just, I have other podcasts, other priorities, other things that I'm doing. So thank you all so much for tuning into this. And I really hope that you guys jump on board for future episodes. I will put in the description, the social media sites that you can go and follow along to to get news on upcoming episodes. I would like to hopefully do around the holidays, maybe do like if you go on iTunes and review the podcast, I can do a giveaway like the first season of Fuller House or the first season of Full House and stuff like that. I just think that would just be so, so fun. So stay tuned for Fuller House, our very first show again. That is the next episode I'm going to be covering. As I said earlier in the podcast, I'm not going to be going episode by episode by season by season. That's not how I want to do this. This is going to be a character-driven slash theme-driven podcast. So everyone have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And I will be back in another week or two with Fuller House. Bye-bye.